the UWA Alumni Voices podcast. My name is Anna Heenan and today I'm chatting with Joe Alilovic. Joe is a UWA Masters of HR and Industrial Relations grad and the director and founder of 3D HR Legal, a modern virtual employment law firm. The firm's purpose is to help proactive business leaders feel confident in their decision-making, get over the dread of difficult conversations and give them peace of mind that they are legally compliant. In her almost 20 years of experience as an employment lawyer, Jo has helped hundreds of businesses create thriving workplace cultures through her Prosper program, which helps leaders overhaul their business and set in place the essentials for successful employment relationships. Jo has a keen focus on supporting flexible work and gender equality. Her law firm is designed for all staff to work flexibly She provides consultation services to employers on implementing flexible work arrangements and also co-hosts the Juggle podcast. It's designed to help professional career women and their employers find a mutually beneficial way to enable professional career women to continue their career whilst also enjoying time with their family. Good morning, Jo. Hi, Anna. So you've had lots of experience working in remote teams with flexible work arrangements. Uh, What are your top tips for business owners and leaders managing these types of teams? Well, flexible work has definitely taken on a um, whole new importance these days with the coronavirus pandemic that we're all dealing with. So it's uh, definitely become a, a big topic. And what I really hope out of it is that we're going to see employers keep flexible work as an option in their workplaces more than they ever did before. And so my top tips for helping them deal with it now during these crazy times that we're going through um, are twofold, some some legal tips and also some kind of practical management tips. On the legal tips side, I think there's three things. First, I think everyone needs to remember that there are different types of flexible work. So whilst you have the formal arrangements like part-time arrangements or um, compressed hours or, you know, four-day working weeks or something like that. There's also lots of informal things, you know, just the casual pop-out to go and pick someone up from school and drop them home and come back to work or popping out for a dental appointment or whatever it might be. So Mm. it's really important to know that there are lots of different ways of doing it. And then I think from a legal perspective, just because someone agrees to something doesn't mean it's actually okay. Uh, Or alternatively, just because an employee wants to do something doesn't mean it's actually legally okay. And I think that's where some people get unstuck because they feel that if they're agreeing with something with their employee, that, well, everyone's happy. You know, the Mm. employee wants to work, for example, three hours at night because it suits them to spend the afternoon with their children or training for some sporting activity or whatever it might be. But if that employee happens to be employed under an award and they have a right to minimum rates of pay, then at night, more than likely, they're entitled to overtime rates of pay. But what Mm. I often find is that employers are just still paying the normal rate of pay that they would pay in the afternoon. Mm. So, you know, there are ways to get around those types of things, but a lot of people haven't set the procedures and um, the necessary written things in place to enable that to happen. 
And finally, um, from a legal perspective, um, most of us these days, like you and I right now, are working from home. Yeah. Um, and it's just so important that that's been written up. I think there was just such a flurry of concern around uh, getting people out of offices where they're exposed to others, the social distancing requirements and so on, that people just rushed and said, oh, well, you know, here's a laptop or, hey, you've got a home computer, you can just stay at home and log into the system from home mm. without any kind of more thought going around it. And there's so much to think about. You know, there's mm. the safety aspect of working from home. You know, are you laying on your bed, just, you know, um, chilling out while you're doing your work? Um, do you have a proper chair or desk? Uh, you know, who is providing the computers? Um, and are they properly secured? You know, there's a, there's a lot of different things to consider. And I think until people sort of, um, you know, go through a checklist, which um, I've actually prepared one as well, which I've got on my website, um, mm. it can be really easy to miss things. We can link to that checklist in the notes as well so people can have a look at that. Yeah, great. Um, so what would you like businesses in particular to know about their legal obligations to their staff and also their rights during this time? There's a, there's a few things. If I can um, back up, mm. um, I would probably um, speak a little bit more about the, the practical side of, of having people working flexibly. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a few things, um, you know, when someone is working away from the office, I think it's important to keep in touch, mm. um, you know, and I think that, you know, a lot of incidental communication happens when you're in a workplace. So, you know, you just walk past each other and say hi, or um, you meet up in the kitchen and, you know, when you're in the kitchen, someone's randomly telling you about some piece of work that happened. All of that is gone when you're in a remote working um, capacity. Mm. So you need to build it in to the relationship, whether that's, you know, quick five minute morning tea breaks or whether that's a daily huddle or a weekly meeting or whatever works for you or, or a combination of those things. Mm. You kind of need to make sure that you have it. And it's not just to communicate work, it's to have that social contact, you know. Yeah. We're, we're starting to see, you know, people move from social distancing to physical distancing. I think that needs to be a little bit more of that. But you know, it's acknowledging the fact that we still need the social contact. Um, mm. And one way to do that, of course, is technology. So, you know, if you've, if you've got um, some kind of video conferencing or even just a messaging app, you know, WhatsApp or Voxer or Slack or one of those mm. other things, some employers have Facebook groups for their people, um, you know, whatever kind of works to keep that contact happening and make sure that you're um, communicating regularly. Mm. And then the, the other thing... Um, is setting expectations. Uh, that's not new. You know, we all have expectations as um, employers or employees around what needs to be done and we should be communicating them really clearly. Mm. But I think there's a couple of extra things that comes when someone works remotely and there's also a real potential for people to forget to make the expectations clear when they're remote. So um, one of the things would be, how long, you know, at the moment with the coronavirus situation, is this, you know, you're working from home until further notice or is this you're working from home for the next three months um, mm. and then after that you're required to come back into the office or is this, hey, you're working from home from now and if it goes really well, we might keep it going. Mm. You know, there needs to be some discussion around that. And, and the other thing um, from a management perspective and a, a practical perspective is the risk that people won't switch off um, 
And that also, you know, comes down to all of those other things, the keeping in touch and the expectations. Mm. Do you mean checking emails and things when they're not actually working anymore and just having that workplace in their house and having trouble drawing boundaries? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. You know, it's, and I think also because many of us like you and I are coping with children in the house at the same time, Mm. um, there comes the issue around, well, you know, what's the expectation? Are you still supposed to work core hours from, you know, nine to five, or is it okay for you to spend a few hours homeschooling your child and then catching up in the evening? Um, And depending on what that arrangement is, you know, how, how is that communicated and agreed with the employer and, you know, Mm. is it okay or not okay? So I guess that gets into your question about what business owners need to know. Yeah. Um, and, and it really does come down to that balance between legal rights and practicalities. Mm-hmm. Um, some employers are taking the very much the legal approach and this is how it is. Others are much more flexible in their approach. So, you know, each to their own. Mm-hmm. What I'm finding at the moment is that um, employers are choosing between three different options. They're deciding whether to stand down their staff, uh, vary the arrangement, working arrangement in some way, whether it's pay, hours, location, or they're making positions redundant. Uh, And, you know, each of them have pros and cons. And I think it's really important that an employer look at each of those things to decide what works for them at their particular situation and time, Mm. knowing that they can come back and revisit that decision later. Just because they vary a contract now doesn't mean that they can't, you know, later make the decision to do something else. Um, But what is being missed, I think, is the fact that employers are sometimes thinking that they just have the right to say, well, you know, hey, Anna, uh, we can't have you working in the office right now, so we are directing you to work from home. Or, Mm. hey, Anna, you know, your work has slowed down at the moment, so we're just going to cut your hours in half. Or even worse, in some cases, we're just going to cut 20% off your wage. Mm. So in in a lot of that fundamentally you can't do that as an employer. You just can't come along and say, this is what's happening. If you've got an arrangement and an employment contract with someone, you need to negotiate and consult with them about changes to that contract. Mm. Um, And that's particularly so if the employee is covered by like an EBA or an award, EBA being enterprise agreement. And, you know, you need to make sure that there's discussion around the, the potential changes there is a caveat to that in that mm-hmm. the JobKeeper legislation is due to come out uh, today, tomorrow, and that does have provision for employers to make changes without employee consent. We don't know right. the terms of that yet, but it is a limited period of time. I think it's going to be in place for six months to, right. to deal with the pandemic. And where will people be able to find some information and advice around that if they're worried about their job security at the moment? Well, if you don't want to read the legislation, then <laughs> which yeah, more of not a every quick everyday Joe guide. <laughs> Probably the best best place to look would be the Fair Work Commission website. Yeah, that's always a really good starting point for employers and employees because it's you know it's designed to provide information to anyone and everyone. Uh, mm. And they already have some limited information up on there. There's also the business.gov.au website, mm-hmm. um, which has already some information about the, the fundamental principles of the job seeker legislation. But that'll be updated as soon as the, the actual full final details are confirmed. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of students and um, 
alumni, I'm sure, who have been in casual employment leading into this and are in a really difficult position now where so many employers are saying, oh, look, we have to close our doors. And mm. um, what are you seeing that some employers are doing that, that might be making the most of that situation and retention of really good quality staff? And it's, it's a really difficult time for businesses, but for the employees as well who, you know, might be relying on that income to you know, pay their rent and all those sorts of things. I know there's been some good government incentives, but, um, you know, what, what sort of recommendations have you been making to the people that, that seek your advice? Consult, talk to yeah. them, be really open. And the, consult, the consultation requirements are there in awards and, you know, as I said, agreements and things. But there's a lot of employers who, who don't have those obligations. Hmm. But I think regardless of the legal obligation, it's so important because as you said, these are, these are the, your staff. These are good people. And okay, there might be some staff that, you know, employers are uh, taking not the opportunity. That particularly fast. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But in, in the whole, you've been running a business for however long you've got your team around you, particularly for small business, which is the biggest employer in Australia. Mm. Um, you know, it, these, these people can be like family. And the best thing that you can do is to actually just sit down and talk to them. Because if you sit there making all the decisions as the, as the business owner in the background, it leaves employees feeling really vulnerable, mm. really ill-informed um, and really stressed and nervous and confused and all of those things about what their situation is. And what I find in, like in any case, which is why I, I talked about expectations at the beginning if we just make it really clear to someone what our situation is and what, you know, what's important to us and what we need to do, then they can understand where we're coming from mm. and they can, you know, they'll feel differently about it. Um, or even if they don't feel differently, at least there's a level of understanding. And I'm also finding that when employers do open up about things like, okay, well, guess what? My rent is $10,000 a month and uh, we can't even use the building premises at the moment. Mm. You know, that, that's a cost to employers that, um, you know, that they, in many cases, can't do anything about. There, again, mm. are government incentives coming in on that. But there's also the fact that, you know, hey, business has dropped by 50%. Mm -hmm. um, my profit margin is 5%. You know, in a lot of restaurant businesses, it's like 2%. So mm. if they don't even have that profit, then they're dipping into their own wages. So mm. I guess it's, it's that combination of drawing a line between information that you don't want to share with your employees and, and fair enough, there will be information you don't want to share, but where you can share information, I think the more open you can be, um, the better the relationship you will have with your employees and the more likely as a team, you'll be able to work together to come up with some really good solutions mm -hmm. or at least understanding. That's a tricky situation. And, you know, lots of people are really lucky where they can, have their employees working from home and in flexible work arrangements. And you've given some really great tips to help people uh, do that. And, and resources like yourself are going to be very sought after, I think, in this time, <laughs> who are already specialists in this field. Yeah. So I, I've certainly included some of the notes and links to resources that you've recommended in, in the notes for this podcast. And um, I guess, do you have any other final tips to offer people or final closing? I guess, 
I've talked because I specialize in working with employers. I suppose I've, I've spoken quite a lot about that on the employee side, definitely, you know, check out the Fair Work Commission website. If you are unsure where you stand, there are employment lawyers who specialize just in working with employees. Um, so find one of those, or there are some really good community resource centers as well. Um, in WA in Western Australia, we have the employment law center. So mm -hmm. depending on your circumstances, you might be able to get assistance there. I think, you know, for employees, it fundamentally comes down to really understanding, like the employers, what is the contract of employment? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is the award that applies? And then what other changes have been, you know, put in place by the government to sort of change things up at this strange time? But hopefully being, um, being able to come together as an employee and employer to negotiate and create some kind of resolution to keep everyone going through these unusual times. That's really good advice. Thanks so much, Joe, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, I'll be putting those resources in the notes for the episode. Uh, to all of our listeners out there, please don't forget to subscribe to UWA Alumni Voices and review us if you like what you're hearing. And we'll be seeing you soon and stay safe. Thanks a lot. See you, Joe. Yeah.